When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello, good evening, and welcome to your WWE Hell in a Cell edition of the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, the content machine, Liam Crowley, and I'm joined by two familiar faces today. First, it's a Wrestling Inc. podcast regular to my right, NYC's Demon Diva, Issa. Issa, it is always a pleasure. Oh, it's a pleasure. We got to run this back. I mean, we've been here together less than a week. I'm excited to talk some Hell in a Cell with you guys. I think this is our third show in the past week, so I hope you're not too sick of me yet. I'm sure we have a lot more to get into. Also joining us to my left, former WWE referee and author of The Three Count, the delightful Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, I had to give you that superlative once again because I know how much you enjoyed it last time. No, it threw me off guard the last time. When you said delightful, I'm gonna, please tell that to my wife. <laughs> Will do. Well, if she ever wants to pop on the Wrestling Inc. podcast, I'm, I'll be sure to run it back. Cool. But before we get into Hell in a Cell, as I mentioned off the top, we do have some news to get to. I'm going to start with the three most magical and buzzworthy letters in pro wrestling today, MJF. Yes, there are still updates on Maxwell Jacob Friedman's pro wrestling situation. On Friday, he was removed from the AEW Rampage intro package, and he's expected to be removed from Wednesday's AEW Dynamite intro. He was also removed from the AEW roster page. His merchandise was taken off shop AEW, and he was unfollowed by AEW socials, and he is currently not scheduled for Wednesday's Dynamite this upcoming week. Jimmy, I'll go to you first with this one. Any new thoughts on the MJF situation? Are you still leaning towards work, or does some of this feel shooty to you? Um, it's, it's hard to say. And that's the beauty of this thing. It's hard to determine whether this is, uh, you know, an actual legitimate shoot or whether they are going way overboard with this being a work, you know what I mean? And if it is a work hats off to them for pulling off what seems to be an incredible job. Uh, but at the same time, I love the fact that it's, it's got even People like myself guessing because, you know, uh, as much as wrestling fans think they know a lot, sometimes I fall in that category, too. And then when I'm going, hmm, I wonder if hmm, you got me. And I love that fact. I'm right there with you. I'm also feeling like I'm teetering the line a bit about whether it's a work or a shoot. Issa, how disappointed are you that you can't buy your better than you MJF shirt on Shop AEW right now? I'm extremely disappointed. You know, he's my favorite, but he does have a couple of t-shirts up on pro wrestling tea. So I'm not trying to plug NJF here, but you know, I'm just trying to plug NJF. Yeah. It sounds like they're having a, a bitter breakup with the whole unfollowing each other on social media. He is still following them on their Instagram. You know, he's maybe not that petty or he just hasn't checked yet, but <laughs> regardless, um, I think I don't, I'm very curious what this punk injury is going to do to this program. Very curious. So we'll see what happens on Wednesday. But I don't know if that's going to change the direction of where we go with MJF. That's a good point. You mentioned injuries. There are a surge of them in professional mm -hmm. wrestling right now. CM Punk currently dealing with a leg injury, expected to be out of uh, commission for about 6 to 12 weeks. Hopefully it's on the lesser side because as of right now, he's still AEW champion. Mm -hmm. An interim champion will be crowned in the meantime but still he's the one who officially holds the belt brian danielson also suffering an undisclosed injury only expected to be on the shelf for around one to two weeks matt cardona the king of the indie scene right now tore his bicep he's expected to be out for three to five months what happens with the nwa world's heavyweight title still remains in question and the one we saw tonight cody rhodes with a gruesome torn pectoral tendon i believe not the muscle the timetable is TBD, but most torn pec injuries, four to six months, could be out mm -hmm. for upwards of half a year, could be out for the rest of 2022. Issa, I'll go to you first. This surge of pro wrestling injuries right now, what is in the water? I don't know. You, you, I don't know if you mentioned Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy. 
also mm -hmm. um, being injured. I mean, we heard from a nasty injury from Jeff Hardy to the point he doesn't even remember this match at double or nothing. And mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this um, Adam Cole injury is not too serious, but he was pulled from his match last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I hate hate the injuries. I want everybody to get better soon. I mean, we'll get into my thoughts on Cody towards the main event because, spoiler alert, if it's going to be going away for a while, I did think they made the wrong call with the winner here. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think anybody's going to have anything against Cody losing in the condition he was in, and, you know, we might not see him for a while, but we'll get into that later on the show. I just want everybody to just feel better. I mean, we just got done with WrestleMania um, for WWE, right? The busiest time of the year for them. You had the one of I think double or nothing at all out those the top two papers for AEW. So this is that working hard and I know that's a conversation that a lot of people have professional wrestling. I do think it needs to be considered at some point. It's a it's a really good point. A lot of guys are being kind of overworked right now and also to their own discretion too a lot of guys force themselves on these kind of schedules. Jimmy, with the surge of wrestling injuries right wow. now, are any companies, do you think, in major flux of losing one of their big stars? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned at this moment for AEW than I am for WWE because, uh, you know, except for, like we thought, we'll talk about Cody Rhodes a little bit later when it gets into it. But still, for someone who is coming in as hot as he is to get this injury so early into his return, I think is is you know, a setback for him, but look at all the people you're looking at at AEW. You're talking Adam Cole, you're talking Jeff Hardy, Brian Danielson, uh, Kenny Omega. We forgot to mention Kenny Omega, Sting, Orange Cassidy. These are all guys. These are premier guys on the roster. Yes, they are a deep roster. They are a talented roster, but these are guys that are counted on to get eyes focused on their product. Uh, maybe other than the hardcore diehard fans who have, you know, who they are catering to, so to speak. So, you know, Scorpio Sky, too, another one who's injured. You know, I mean, uh, I'm more concerned for them. This is, yes, an opportunity on one hand for others to step up and, and you know, earn their way into the spotlight, so to speak. But at the same time, these are name value guys that you want on the roster and don't want to see on the shelf for any length of time, really. You don't want to see anybody injured for that matter. But it's it, in this business, it happens. It's 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 just the way it is you know absolutely and looks like we got isa back in there sorry glad to see you again isa and i agree with what you were saying isa what you were saying too jimmy it's really concerning especially when a lot of these guys are title holders and even though cody rhodes isn't a title holder for this pay-per-view he was the top baby face going in and honestly it's hard to argue with him being not the top baby face in all of WWE right now with the position he's been put in. Roman Reigns, clearly the top heel on SmackDown and all of WWE. But, you know, these guys not being present, not being active on the rosters, not being active on pay-per-views moving forward. Obviously, Cody pulling through tonight. It is a concern and it is a bummer. Uh, I remember, if you remember back to, I believe it was WrestleMania 31, where every champion that left WrestleMania 31 was on the shelf for WrestleMania 32. It was like John Cena's yeah. United States oh, champion, yeah. Seth Rollins is WWE Rollins. champion, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I Cesaro, like every single person was hurt and everyone was like, what is in the air? What's going on right now? Mm -hmm. It feels like we're in a repeat scenario of that, but this time it stretches across multiple promotions, which is an absolute bummer. We have our mm -hmm. first super chat of the night coming from T Smitty 3000, who says Cody ultimately, uh, Cody being out will lead to a huge babyface rumble win and ultimately a win at WrestleMania at BTW, Issa, House Roman. That's right, Issa. We haven't <laughs> seen uh, the dog here tonight yet. But first, I, I do want to discuss this question. Um, is that is that something that we think is on the cards? If Cody's going to be on the shelf for upwards of six months, or Rumble return does seem pretty prime. Issa, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on Cody potentially winning the Rumble? Yeah, I guess I hadn't even given that any thought. I had Cody as my pick for Money in the Bank um, winner. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. on top of that, he's all over the, the billboard, in, all over Vegas. And the truck they were driving around the, last week is Cody Rhodes' face. So um, I, I, I think that would be an excellent way to make a comeback and automatically put him right back in the, you know, in the main program if that's the time period for when he'll come back. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see that happening. And Roman is taking a nice nap. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, any thoughts on the the tried and true, you know, valiant babyface returning from an injury to win mm -hmm. the Rumble and go on to WrestleMania? A tale as old as time. Would it work for Cody? 
I think it would work for Cody, especially if it is kept under wraps, kind of like the edge thing was kept under wraps for so long. Nobody saw it coming. And yes, in today's day and age, people are going to speculate about it. But at the same time, if the rumored WrestleMania 39 in LA main event does not happen that everybody's talking about, uh, I'll put it out there, Dwayne, the rock Johnson and, and Roman, if that is not on the table, this match with Cody coming back at the rumble, winning it is a perfect story to tell. Really but even like to it. Jimmy's point, um, WrestleMania is already advertised to be two nights. So even if we can get this night, I think putting Cody Rose, I don't know if the titles will still be unified at that point, but even Cody Rose could main event one of these nights, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to sell SoFi stadiums two nights in a row. We did just see AT&T Stadium. Well, I was there and the attendance was incredible. I was there for 32 too, and it wasn't 100,000 people at AT&T Stadium this year like it was at 32. So mm-hmm. I can see Cody Rose also becoming a second main event as well who knows maybe this injury turns out to be a big blessing in disguise and we get a really mm-hmm. nice storyline with cody coming back the valiant baby face but without further ado let's dive into the hell in a cell match card specifically we kick things off with the raw women's championship match bianca belair successfully defending her title against asuka and becky lynch and kind of an unpredictable ending to this match a lot of people expected belair to win but not necessarily by the means she did it with Belair ended up stealing the pin from Becky Lynch after Lynch hit Asuka with the manhandle slam and no extra offensive maneuvers, no extra, you know, finishers added to Asuka. She just pulled her off, threw her at the ring, covered Asuka instead. One, two, three, Belair retains. Jimmy, I'll go to you first for this one. Were you surprised by some of the heelish tendencies coming out of Bianca Belair tonight? Uh, I was a little bit surprised, uh, you know, I, especially on the finish there because baby faces don't win in that fashion. Baby faces earn their victories. They don't steal victories. And that's very, like you said, heelish of her to, you know, kind of steal it from Becky Lynch the way she did. It gives Becky Lynch an argument, but at the same time, it gives her a babyface argument, not a heel argument. You know, I, I, it was me. I did the damage and you took advantage of my work and that kind of stuff. So it works in reverse, unless there's something else on the table for Bianca. I don't see why. I think she's a great babyface. She's she's very very talented in the ring and her moveset fits a baby face perfectly. I just don't understand uh, the reasoning for that finish. I will say Bianca was a pretty good heel in NXT and even though most of the time she was more of a tweener, she was always kind of getting cheered even when she was a tried and true heel. Maybe that's a way to freshen her character before she gets too stale. Not saying I prefer her either way. Right now, I'm very much enjoying her championship reign. Mm-hmm. Issa, what were your thoughts on the finish to tonight's Raw Women's Championship match? Uh, first of all, I love this match. These three women mm-hmm. came out there and just killed it. The match felt fresh. In a pay-per-view that was full of rematches, this felt fresh. So I have a fun story for you, Liam. I'm, I'm, I'm in the car, and I have my, my nephew's wife is visiting. Um, so she doesn't watch wrestling. And, and we ha- I was driving back to my apartment, so we had to start watching it in the car because I didn't want to miss it. And my comment to her as I'm describing all these three women in the ring is that Bianca Belair, I said, I love her, but I hate her because she never does anything wrong. I'm like, she's too perfect. <laughs> I need her to not be so perfect. So when she pulled out that win, it made me think, okay, she does have it in her. You know what I mean? She still has that instinct of, because I hate the booking of a baby face to to the baby face just looks so stupid a lot of times in WWE television. And it's just like, are you really going to let Becky take that pin away from you? Like, and like, like Jimmy said to me, it felt more like a baby face argument. You know, the thing that I wasn't expecting was the pin of Asuka yet again, because that's what we saw on Monday on Raw. But regardless of how this went, I really enjoyed this in-ring action from all these three women. Like, it was the perfect way to start the pay-per-view. I didn't know how Cody was going to be able to perform, so I was almost rooting for this match to go on last in case Mm -hmm. they were going to have to cut the Hell in a Cell match short, you know, still ended. But I thought they started the pay-per-view, you know, really hot, and I thought Mm -hmm. that all three of them killed it. I completely agree. I do think this definitely felt very fresh because a lot of the Raw women's title matches are just women's title matches in general in WWE this year have been singles contests. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's good to flex the roster you have, even with the women's roster on both Raw and SmackDown being fairly limited. 
these three all felt like main event players and sometimes main event matches open the show. And I thought it was really cool to have this pay-per-view come out guns blazing and all three women put on a pretty stellar showcase. Absolutely. Yeah. And and like they said, uh, not all three women went over, but all three women, I think, got over in this one. Especially Oscar yeah. did shine despite getting the pin on yes. her. She shined a lot in this one and looked really good. Issa, any further yeah. thoughts? I just couldn't understand. I saw a lot of people going back and forth on social media when Becky was added to the match. And I'm sitting here wondering, I'm like, are we really arguing about getting a triple threat with Bianca, Asuka, and Becky? Like, like now we're just nitpicking what we want to fight about. Because I, as soon as Becky was added, I thought we were in for a treat. And they delivered exactly what I was expecting from them. I completely agree. I think this match delivered and it got the pay-per-view off to a hot start. Pay-per-view continued with Bobby Lashley defeating Omos and MVP. MVP submitting to the Hurt Lock. Cedric Alexander providing a distraction to get Lashley the win. Before the match, there was a backstage segment with Cedric asking MVP what his role was in the match tonight. MVP told him to sit down. It looks like Cedric just, you know, aligned with the group that didn't, the, the opposite of the group that didn't want him anymore, as he has been with the Hurt Business for just about his entire tenure. Whichever side doesn't want him, he just goes to the opposite. Either way, great to see Cedric getting some pay-per-view TV time, and great to see Bobby Lashley still looking super strong and still getting a very big babyface reaction. Isa, I'll go to you first for this one. How did you feel about Bobby Lashley submitting his former manager in MVP tonight? I was excited. I was happy because I still think that MVP leaving Bobby Lashley after he witnessed Bobby Lashley beat Omas at WrestleMania made absolutely no sense. Um, I don't know how storyline you go. I'm going to go with this guy because he's a bigger monster when your monster just defeated him on the grand stage. Like, I still don't understand that turn in. And that's probably why I haven't been able to get into this feud. Um, but overall, yeah, I, I thought it was nice payback because MB, the whole time I'm watching the story, I'm thinking to myself, MVP should have always stay with Lashley. So it's a good way to get Lashley to tell him, I told you I was the right guy. You left me. So I, I, I like the ending and I like Cedric fighting to stay relevant. Keep keep doing it, man. Like I, I'm here for it. Like he's going to he's going to align with someone and be on TV no matter what. <laughs> Jimmy, do we think the ending of this match is leading to Bobby and Cedric versus MVP and Omos? Or do you want this feud to wrap up? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to see this feud wrap up because right now for me, as much as I thought the decision tonight was the right one, having Bobby submit. Um, uh, MVP, uh, you know, there's this perception that WWE is land of the giants and Omos definitely fits that bill. And he is very um, talented for a guy his size. Obviously, uh, right now, I don't know if it's, um, you know, him right now that he needs someone to speak for him. He needs that mouthpiece. But even though he dominated in, in the match tonight at times, it still didn't get him over with the audience. It didn't, I don't think it did him any favors. Let's put it that way. And, and as good as I think he can be, I still think he needs a little more work and having someone like an MVP speak for him would be perfect. And now if him and MVP kind of split up because of what happened tonight, um, it's just a question of who would be that, that person to speak for Omos for now. It's clear WWE have big plans for Omos in the long-term future. But in the short term, I'm just happy to see Bobby Lashley continue to get the babyface reaction that he mm-hmm. so desperately deserves. Like when he first jumped ship from Impact to WWE a couple of years ago, making his big return, they very much fumbled the bag with him and the Sami Zayn feud and everything. To see him getting this big reaction, I'm just glad that he's in a good spot on the card and that the fans are reciprocating everything that WWE is kind of putting in for him. So, you know, I do think that there is improvement for Omos and MVP moving forward. But Lashley, I'm glad to see uh, getting still the big reaction. And I like the little bit at the end, him finding that uh, championship yeah. belt and holding it up in the crowd, planting seeds that, hey, he's not done chasing championships just yet. And I heard... Yeah, and uh, I, was, I, I was going to add... Um, go ahead, Liam. I was going to say, I saw on Twitter, someone said that the referee was screaming, pick up the belt, pick up the belt. So maybe oh. that was not on audio. I personally didn't hear it, but it's clear mm-hmm. that someone... This this was a deliberate ploy. Sorry, mm-hmm. what were you going to say, Isa? 
I was just going to say I love that touch. I don't know whose idea it was because I feel like everybody is, is, is a little aware that it's been 60 days since these titles were unified. They haven't been defended. So I'm here for these guys that are main event titles to start saying, hey, we're here. We're competition. Why is Roman Reigns over there saying there's nobody for him when he's the one not showing up? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm here for, for a bunch of these main eventers coming together and saying, you know what's happening we don't want to be in the secondary storylines bring it on so i i love the fact that that was kind of like brought back up mm-hmm. yeah i completely agree we move on with this pay-per-view into kevin owens and ezekiel kevin owens like getting it. the win one two three with the stunner mostly clean match from kevin owens as well good to still showcase that this is one of your top talents he doesn't necessarily need to cheat to win and i was kind of shocked that it was full-on owens and ezekiel the whole time because mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys saw, but very recently, Damian Sandow, better known as Aaron Stevens on the indie scene, said that he was leaving the NWA and said that he was done. Didn't know if that meant done with pro wrestling, done with the NWA. Mm-hmm. And who better than to get a stunt double, a former Damian Mizdow, to come in and play <laughs> Elias. He also kind of looks like him with the hair and the beard. Who knows? That's something I thought was going to happen by the match's end, but still... Mm-hmm. Owens going over clean. Esau, I'll go to you first with this one. How do we feel about Kevin Owens and Ezekiel's storyline coming Elias. to us? Elias. It's Elias, Liam. Elias. And, I, and, I, and I personally <laughs> think that with Kevin Owens' victory, we should all just start calling him Elias. That's that's what that's what the stipulation should have been, that, that we're all just going to accept the reality of things. And I'm not... I know it's Elias. I've been known as Elias. Um, I like the match. I thought it was great. There was a couple of spots there where I actually thought that Elias... Slash Ezekiel was gonna take it, and I was like, "No way, you're gonna have Kevin Owens like lose here." Um, but I, I actually enjoyed watching this match. I thought it was fun. Um, I, I don't know that this feud and this storyline would have worked out with anyone else but Kevin Owens. If I'm being honest with you, I think this would have completely tanked if Elias hadn't come out the, the mm-hmm. night after WrestleMania to Kevin Owens' reaction. And maybe this wasn't even supposed to be a long-term thing. I don't know where we go from here, mm-hmm. but shout out to Kevin Owens because he always makes anything they give him work. I completely agree. And also something I saw very like months and months ago when they were repackaging uh, Elias into Ezekiel, apparently mm-hmm. they told him to shave his beard because with the trunks, he looked too much like Macho Man Randy Savage. And that was all I saw at the beginning of this match. When he hit that top rope elbow drop, yeah. like, that's straight up Macho Man right there. So, again, I'm glad he shaved the beard in that case to kind of give him his own identity. But still, pretty cool homage, I think. I don't know if it was deliberate, but I haven't seen Elias hit too many top rope maneuvers. So, mm-hmm. I thought that was a, a nice cherry on the top. Jimmy, what were your thoughts on tonight's match? No, I liked the match. I enjoyed it very much, and I thought it made perfect sense. I, and, and Kevin Owens is the perfect choice if you want to help someone get someone else uh, elevated, even in a loss situation. He, he's he's just so good at making drawing people in and making you care about not only him, but the person he is facing in the ring. That's one of the great talents that, that Kevin Owens has. And the little things he does, like throughout the match – continuously yelling Elias at him throughout the entire match. I know you're Elias, Elias, you know, that little stuff like that. So having him in there with Kevin Owens made perfect sense. And people would say, well, if you wanted to elevate Ezekiel, why not have him go over? No, he doesn't have to go over. He could just still be a thorn in the side, even despite losing. And I, I enjoyed the match though. It was very entertaining. It's also unrealistic, too, for Ezekiel to go over Kevin Owens because in mm-hmm. canon, in storyline, Ezekiel has, like, zero wrestling experience, and Kevin Owens just mm-hmm. made a at WrestleMania. Kevin Owens, yeah. uh, once upon a time, held the universal title for 100-plus days. So I know what people say, if, even though Ezekiel's technically the fresh face on Raw, it makes sense for Kevin Owens to go over in this match. We have another super chat here from the Tornado Anthony Y, who says, Hey, Issa, want to bet Roman doesn't show up next week on Raw? Tornado 613 fears the tornado. Roman is a crap champ. Uh, I hope he's talking about Roman Reigns and not your dog, Issa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Roman, Roman, my love is beloved. Uh, The threat, the threat, the tornado threat level has risen now. We're at 10. (laughs) And and I I feel bad that Alfred is not here to, to help me deal with the tornado. But yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you're gonna see Roman at Raw, but I really hope that you have a blast, Anthony. Why? 
We can only hope. We can only hope Roman is back soon enough. I don't know if it's going to be as soon as Monday. I fell, I fell for it on Friday. Do you guys watch on Friday when Sami Zayn hit his music? music oh yeah. my God, I yeah. fell for it like such an idiot. I thought Roman was coming out. I got all excited. <laughs> it's cool though because I will say, even though it is annoying not having the world title defended on tonight's pay-per-view, when he does come back, it's going to make it feel a little bit more special, which is something that yeah. I feel like the world title. Yeah. You know, we don't want to overexpose it. We would also don't want to underexpose it. Right now, I think right. they're riding that balance pretty well. Mm-hmm. We continue with tonight's pay-per-view with Judgment Day going over AJ Styles, Finn Balor, mm-hmm. and Liv Morgan. Judgment Day obviously made up of Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley. No one ended up turning. I know a lot of speculation was that Balor might go to the evil side or maybe Liv Morgan would join Rhea Ripley. But Edge, Priest, and Ripley ended up winning this match in a fairly clean fashion too. Uh, Jimmy, I'll go to you first with this one. How do we feel about Judgment Day's presentation on tonight's pay-per-view finally working as one trio cohesive unit? I, I, I enjoyed the match. I, it was fun chaos, for lack of a better term. But Judgment Day themselves, uh, they seem to mesh well. They seem to work well together. And I think a lot of the, that has to do with Edge. Edge is a good, uh, um, uh, for lack of a better term, glue that could hold groups together and and. I, I know for a fact that they probably respect his knowledge and, and that sort of thing. And he's kind of the guy that was there with the brood and other uh, situations. So he's kind of had experience at this sort of thing. Uh, I too was kind of half expecting someone to turn in this um, thinking maybe a Finn Balor because of his pre past, you know, like the, the demon Finn Balor, but maybe, maybe they go into a rematch with this where he has to bring that persona out to get his revenge against Judgment Day or something along those lines and kind of convinces uh, AJ and Liv to search their deep, dark inner self, so to speak. But uh, the match itself, as far as the match goes, I enjoyed it very much. I would have preferred maybe a little bit of a less clean finish because I like when heels are dastardly. Boy, did I sound like an old fart there. Get off my head. <laughs> but, but I like when heels cheat and not just manipulate, but they uh, outsmart the referee to win a match by cheating behind their backs, that sort of thing. So subtle little things like that. But, you know, hey, being a former sports entertainment referee myself, I kind of, you know, am biased that way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Lisa, how do we feel about Rhea Ripley getting some action here with the Judgment Day working all together? Uh, I love the presentation of the Judgment Day. While I still don't understand why they're together, where the purpose is, the presentation when they come out, they look like they belong together. Shout out to Rhea Ripley for changing her complete look in her official first match of, of them as a trio. She wrestled like she looked badass. She let her tattoos show. Also, Liv Morgan loved her gear tonight. I, I always pay attention to the gear. Sorry. I can't help but to always point out the fashion in the shows. That being said, I really, really enjoyed the match. And I, and I feel like to Jimmy's point, there's so much respect for Edge that I feel like even if what he's trying to tell Judgment Day story life, what, like storyline wise, why they're together, doesn't matter what he says is Edge, you're going to follow him, right? Like, first of all, that's going to put me on some important level in the car, in TV, all of that. You're going to want to follow Edge. And he comes out with them and he just looks like that leader that you will want to follow, even if he's making no sense, almost borderline cultish. And I'm okay with it, right? I still, I, I still don't understand Finn, AJ, and Liv, right? Like, when I feel like, Judgment Day look like they belong together. These three just look like, let's just get together to fight them, not because they belong together. And maybe that's why I didn't think they had a chance winning tonight. I really would have liked to see, and I know this sounds probably weird, but I really would have liked to see like more mixed fighting here because there was a lot of times in which we are really just standing there, like facing Finn Balor, Finn Balor backs off. And mm-hmm. I, in a way, I would have liked to see action between them. And at the same time, it's like, if I'm Finn Balor, I'll probably back off from her too because Rhea Ripley's an intimidating looking <laughs> woman. Um, but overall, I did like the end. Um, I, I agree with Jimmy a little bit, but there was a little bit of shenanigans with Rhea kind of like, kind of getting involved knowing the guys are not going to touch her and, and, and live kind of like helping with that. But overall, I did like seeing um, Edge get the pin here because Edge wrestling is, is rare. So I, I did expect for Edge to be the one to get the win here for Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will say too, the whole idea of the cohesiveness and everything, it made sense for AJ being there because he was feuding with Edge. It made sense for Liv Morgan because Rhea Ripley had just turned on her. But the Finn Balor stuff, like how many times are we going to do well? You know, they used to know each other in a certain 
club. Like, first mm-hmm. off, no, they didn't. They were in Bullet Club at different points. They never crossed paths on the indie scene. <laughs> and second off, like, just because they have that cohesion, mm-hmm. I don't think it would have. It would have made more sense if Finn had not dropped the U.S. title to Fury because. Finn is who Priest dropped the U.S. title to, and that's yeah. when it would come together. But but Finn went on to lose the title after that, so Finn and Priest still having a thing doesn't make any sense when the title has nothing to do with the situation. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you go by prior fields, I, I, there's a way to kind of, like, put him in there without having to go with the whole him and AJ too sweet at each other, so they're, mm-hmm. they belong together. Mm-hmm. Like, that's weird, you know? <laughs> And continuing with your point, too, about the presentation, I love the presentation of Judgment Day. I love the black, the gray, the purple color scheme and everything. It's just as soon as they start cutting a promo, do I just, Mm. like, I lose my suspension of disbelief because this is a spooky group. They shouldn't be concerned with the whole, oh, you sheeple, you you sit on your couch and eat your Cheetos. I'm like, this is just so, like, cut, like, copy-paste, like, like cheap heel heat. It reminded me of John Moxley, Dean Ambrose saying, you know, he needs to get, you know, his shots so he doesn't get diseased from the, the nasty fans and everything. It's right. just like, it makes me groan. It doesn't make me want to boo the heels. It makes right. me want to turn off the TV. And I feel like Edge, Priest, Ripley, this group is so much better than that. If, if House of Black is going to call them a knockoff House of Black, you know, Brody mm-hmm. King saying that on Twitter, they don't even operate like a house of black. Sure, in presentation, mm-hmm. but once they start speaking, you know, Malachi Black speaks in his satanic mm-hmm. cult riddles and Edge is just very deliberately being like, oh, we're better than you because mm-hmm. you're lazy. And I'm like, really? That's the mm-hmm. best we can do? This is Edge. This is mm-hmm. Hall of Famer Edge, one of, the, one of the best, like, you know, masters mm-hmm. of reinvention of the modern era. Use that. Like, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see Edge in this new new gimmick, new haircut, new ring gear and everything. I just hope that they, you know, evolve the presentation. And like you said, Issa, why are they together? Jimmy, I know you Mm -hmm. mentioned, or Jimmy, you mentioned, why are they together? Issa, Mm -hmm. you said the fact that it's Edge and people would want to follow him. That makes sense to me, but like, Mm -hmm. let's evolve the message a little bit more. Jimmy, am I crazy for thinking that? No, absolutely not. You have a good point there. And the one little thing that you brought up too, the color scheme. If you think back, the, the gray, the black, and the purple. Remind you of anybody else that we see? Mm-hmm. Another Hall of Famer? Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's a little bit of an homage to him, which is yeah. which is cool with me. I, I, you know, obviously showing, you know, you know that kind of um, praise to, to past superstars, especially ones who are locker room leaders and stuff like that. But yes, I, I want to see a little more evolution from the Judgment Day. Maybe even like you said, like we talk about it, add a new member to the group. And I love the way he's uh, Edge has been teasing it on social media, just popping pictures up of different people all over the place. And you're going, hmm. No, I'm waiting I for him see- to tweet a picture of MJF. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. That would be that would be steaming heat. Yeah, it would. In yeah, a good I way. Would. Yeah, I would. I, I think to your point, and I know a lot of people were like, their name after a pay-per-view. I think the name Judgment Day, and we're here to judge you or or your Judgment Day is upon you. If you use it towards like the realness going on in wrestling and like talk about, you know, like I, there was a promo that I remember getting so upset because I'm obviously the biggest Bad Bunny fan, but mm-hmm. but Edge cut a promo talking about how Damian Priest has to play second fiddle to Bad Freaking Bunny when he's been busting mm-hmm. his butt for 20 years into wrestling. Like, when you talk that way, then I'm going to want to follow you. You know, but when you start coming out there and blaming it on the fans, it's like, so you're going to judge the fans. That's not going to get yeah. you anywhere, right? So I want them to kind of like start talking about the opportunities that they're trying to take or mm-hmm. why we're we're judging you. Like Finn Balor, we're going to judge you because your career in the main roster has sucked. Like, like why don't you like make it more real and make it feel more significant? Um, mm-hmm. When Edge turned, I remember he cut a promo on AJ Styles when he was like, you were just playing, you know, tag team partner with a mask and not doing anything with your career. Career. Like when he speaks that way, I'm all in. But when they come out and cut those promos to the crowd, they lose me completely. But presentation wise, like seeing them tonight without cutting a promo, if I'm just like flipping, I guess, through Peacock, I will say, whoa, that 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 trio looks badass, you know? I completely agree. So here's hoping Judgment Day continues to match their presentation on the microphone as well. We move forward through this pay-per-view and we've had Triple H and Shawn Michaels and their blood feud after a rivalry, after being in a tag team. We've had Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And today in 2022, we have Madcap Moss and Happy 
Corbin. And I'm only saying that half sarcastically because when I first did uh, one of these wrestling podcasts a couple months ago for the Saudi Arabia show earlier this year, and it was Happy Corbin, or no, it was Madcap Moss versus Drew McIntyre. McIntyre. And the Saudi Arabia crowd reacted to that match like it was Hogan and The Rock at (laughs) WrestleMania in the early 2000s. Like, that was the first time I had seen this feud play out, and the crowd reaction, for whatever reason, got me invested. And even though tonight was nothing crazy special, mm-hmm. I still appreciated that this felt like a complete feud for once, especially like at, that it had been building for a couple months. Uh, Issa, I'll go to you first. Madcap Moss ends up defeating Happy Corbin in this no-holds-barred match and kind of goes to the dark side for the finish, yeah. using a mm-hmm. chair around Corbin's neck and hitting it with the steel steps mm-hmm. to get that one, two, three. How did you feel about Madcap Moss showing a bit of his dark side tonight? I loved it. I loved it. I think that um, the, the beating that Corbin gave him on SmackDown was brutal and i remember seeing it and, and not being invested in this and kind of it, it reeled me back in because i was like you cannot just walk away from that like this guy has to come back for some revenge here um i i personally thought they were you were mentioning the saudi arabia crowd i think corbin deserves a bonus for working that chicago crowd and getting them right back into this match like these two guys worked and this this crowd was into it whether you love this feud or not the finish was actually quite brutal and I really mm-hmm. liked it and I and I thought seeing Corbin get stretched out and, and Matt Camo screaming am I a joke now like I loved it because he's dropping this whole joke like I'm just a funny guy gimmick mm-hmm. and there's no way to make yourself being seen seriously then beating Corbin I know that Corbin tends to lose a lot but I just find him so talented in the ring that I think it doesn't matter how much he loses I win over him to me he's still impressive I will say Corbin feels like one of the Mm. most consistent acts on WWE programming. And I think he can't afford to lose Jimmy. A question I want to ask you, Matt Mm. Catmull obviously does get the win, but a lot of his personality has kind of been stripped away. Just the plain black ring gear. Now, Mm. no more suspenders. Do we feel like Matt Catmull Moss has a long-term future in WWE or is the current presentation kind of a short term before he eventually evolves into something else. Let's just say I hope it's a short-term uh, <laughs> it, uh, change because this whole bad joke stuff and all that kind of stuff could work really well as a babyface as well, him insulting uh, heels and, and <clears throat> offhanded comments and that sort of thing. But the, like you, like you, I, I almost feel like I have to say this, Isa, it almost feels like you've been reading my notes that I've been writing down here because uh, <laughs> Corbin is just like, Unreal. He's uh, one of the most underrated talents on the roster. I don't think people give him enough credit for what he does. And he did make that match and he got that crowd invested in that match. And a lot of it was, as you said, very brutal, including that ending with the chair around the neck and the stair shot, the chair, the stairs shot on the chair and that sort of stuff. But uh, as far as what you were talking about, I just hope that for the sake of Madcap Moss, his uh, character goes somewhat back to what it was but just transform it into more of a baby face type character so that people can get invested in him and not, you know, people are not invested in black trunks and just, uh, yeah, hey, he looks like the basic, and you just built your wrestler in a video game model. Yeah. The, the gosh, golly G guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do worry about his his new look. Obviously, like you said, Jimmy, I, I do think that there is room for evolution in Madcap Moss, especially with the name, too. I don't think Madcap Moss is a very money name. I think it worked for the gimmick, obviously, but now that he's into this new phase of his career, hopefully we get some more color. I would love to see him bring back the suspenders. That's something that's unique to him, and it would help him stand out in the long term. A lot of people in the comments here saying that he's going to be the next Batista. I don't know if we're ready to slap that label Mm. on him, but at the same time, he is a very built dude and he's a very powerful guy as well. Issa, uh, I'll ask you this question. Do you see Madcap Moss potentially filling that role of WWE's next kind of muscular monster? Maybe, maybe. I mean, the guy has to build. Um, We just need to build him as a character and because he's been involved with only Corbin we really don't know what he can do so I guess I guess I can answer that to you when we see what he moves on to and does next mm-hmm. Bernard maybe, saying maybe he need, Moss here yeah, which kind of kills me <laughs> maybe he needs to be Deacon Moss or something like that I don't know ah, <laughs> be fun. that could be funny I just hope yeah. if he is going to get a new name it's a new name with a first name as well because mm-hmm. WWE superstar Moss 
just would not work for me. Just uh -huh. like theory does not work for me. No, Austin no. Theory yeah. defeated Mustafa Ali to retain his WWE United States Championship. And credit to Ali, a massive pop right out the gate and a mm -hmm. lot of Ali chance to open yeah. the match. And yeah. reminded me exactly where we were. We were in Chicago, Illinois. This is a wrestling town who pays homage to their hometown heroes. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Austin Theory getting the one, two, three, retaining the United States Championship. And Mustafa Ali also taking to Twitter after the match, kind of letting out a melancholic, mm -hmm. I don't even know, man. I don't know if that was in response to the main event, looking at Cody Rhodes. I don't even know how he's pulling that off. Or mm -hmm. if that was an upset, where do I go from here? Jimmy, I'll mm -hmm. go to you first with this one. How do we feel about Mustafa Ali taking a loss here to Austin Theory on pay-per-view? I don't have an issue with it. And it's it almost seems like, hey, you're wrestling in your hometown Obviously, you don't go over in your hometown. That's, a, that's the old uh, adage, especially uh, people put that tag on WWE. But um, you're right. The, the crowd was behind him. They were chanting Ali. They were doing all that sort of stuff. And it was a solid match. These guys had a really solid match, I thought. And as the crowd in the middle quieted down a little bit, they got him back at the end, going into the finish to the point where when they did – when they set up for that missed 450 that Ali did before uh, before Austin Theory uh, hit his finish, the crowd actually bought in. They thought that was it. Yeah. They had them. They mm -hmm. fooled them. And, and I thought that was really cool. But uh, the match itself I thought was really, really solid. These guys worked really well together. Issa, what were your thoughts on tonight's U.S. title match? I feel like there's like a couple of situations where the way that somebody is written on TV can just turn around in just one second, right? And I feel like that could have been the moment tonight for Ali. And maybe I was just rooting for Ali here, but tonight it wouldn't make sense for him to go over theory. He had the, the crowd and the momentum. You're watching the premium live event and you're thinking, oh my God, this guy's really beloved. You put the title on him and maybe we become more invested, but you have theory with this, you know, Mr. McMahon's blessing. So you automatically mm -hmm. kind of assume that he's not going to win. And I just need this mid-card titles to mean more. And I'm getting my hopes up and I hope I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm getting my hopes mm -hmm. up for the IC title because I do think it's going to be put on Gunther next week. And I do think that Gunther could go on in a crazy winning spree with the mm -hmm. Intercontinental Championship. Theory is not doing anything with the US title. He's not, mm -hmm. and neither did Finn Balor. And I think Priest, before joining Judgment Day, he was defending it on a weekly basis. And there was a couple mm -hmm. of good matches there, and, and it was on the pay-per-views. The IC mm -hmm. title hasn't even been doing that. But I just really, if, you, if, if you're if you gonna have Roman Reigns not, not show up, these titles need to mean something. You cannot rely just on the tag team titles. And I thought tonight it could have been a good moment to kind of like turn the momentum around and give it to Ali, because I know that Ali will put on a good match with a freaking broom if you put him in the ring with you know and, and kind of like build some momentum because roman reigns would not be as missed is if all of your other titles meant something but mm -hmm. they don't and that's the reason why roman's hole feels so deep right now in the show and and the momentum that ali had with the crowd tonight it really regardless of how you're writing him on tv it really you could have kind of like suspend your disbelief and believe okay moving forward at least gonna kick butt yeah, and and to and sorry to cut you off there, Liam, but uh, to Isa's point about the IC title, for example, back in the day before the U.S. title, it was the considered the workhorse championship. Yeah. It was the one that, you know, basically when your world champion wasn't there, he, he was the guy. And so uh, I think it's lost some of its luster. And you have the IC title on on Raw. You have the United States Championship on SmackDown. These could be your main titles for each show. And then you have your unified champion as your guy who can float back and forth, but doesn't need to be on TV exactly. every day if you elevate those two championships. Yeah. I completely agree. And it, it is something too, like Ali feels like a guy that would want to elevate the title. Not saying Theory yeah. doesn't want to, but he feels like someone who would pull a Sasha and um, a Naomi stunt of, you know, hey, why is my title not getting enough respect? I want to be defending it every single week on Raw. I want to be defending it on pay-per-view and stuff like that. So I think maybe a title change would have been smart tonight. And two, Austin Theory has long-term potential in WWE. I think he can afford a loss here and there. And also, you don't want him going over like crazy because that could hurt his momentum in the future. I think Vince McMahon <laughs> sees him as a top babyface 
one day and how are you going to get him over as a baby face make him you know valiant and have him lose a little bit one thing i do want to bring up though before we move on uh as dream ream Studios says they should give austin his first name back yeah. i mm, i just am so upset at this like yeah. cesaro and who's the other one there's cesaro and champa okay if you're gonna take away their first names mm-hmm. so be it those are last names it works i'd rather them have their full names but I'm okay with just the last names. Guys like Riddle and guys like Theory, their gimmicks are that of regular people. Like Austin Theory is a regular person who's a brash heel. Matt Riddle is a regular person who kind of plays up the stoner gimmick and everything. When someone is called Riddle or someone is simply called Theory, I'm thinking they have some sort of spooky, weird, different gimmick. And Theory, WWE Champion Theory, WrestleMania Main Eventer Theory does not work. Austin Theory is a sick ring name i don't know why you asked the first name i know matt riddle had had to deal with all the allegations that were going on so i understand where they were coming from at that point but Hmm. what's wrong with austin theory it's a money name it's a wrestlemania main event name yeah again i'm frustrated unless they're trying to shorten them to one word so that they could sell license plates (laughs) i don't know and how much are you even going to sell at that point? Like exactly, he's he, he's, he's champion of, of the United States, and his title is rarely ever defended. Anyways, let's mm-hmm. move on to the main event. He needs he needs to if he's going to be a heel or a baby face, like you can do so much more with him than this stupid selfie gimmick. Like why is he going around saying if Vince McMahon gave me his blessing, why don't you any of you believe that I'm good enough? Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like there's so much more that you could do with with theory than him taking out with that goofy dumb face he makes for his selfies i'm so annoyed by it. Mm. <laughs> i'm over it the only thing i like about the selfie gimmick is it's a nice little memento of like all of his big wins you're able to see them on his instagram and i'm sure in 10 years we're gonna look back at that and go wow that's that's pretty cool that he was able to to like kind of keep track of all that but still mm. i agree he's more than that gimmick He's more than a one-word name. Let's put some stake behind Austin Theory as if he doesn't have enough already. Anyways, we move on to the main event, the match that everyone wants to talk about because of all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. Cody Rhodes makes his entrance, and I'm seeing through the lights of the pyro, through his ring jacket, that that peck is pretty messed up, but nothing too Mm -hmm. gruesome. It looked kind of shadowy. I was like, maybe the bruise isn't that bad. A lot of people were circulating Triple H's torn peck on social media from a couple of years ago, that bad bruise he had right around the armpit area. And I was like, maybe Cody's is similar, but who knows? Maybe it's not as bad. We start the match. He takes off the ring jacket and oh my God, Mm -hmm. Jimmy, Issa, I've watched Nick Gage death matches. I've watched Anarchy in the Arena less than a week ago. And the expression my face made when he took off that jacket and he was trying to do collar and elbow Mm tie-ups with one arm when he was trying to do dusty punches with one arm, I was like, man, we are in for it. Uh, I put in my notes, Cody's peck is effed up. Please end the match. I love your notes. Why is this competitive? <laughs> Did get the this is awesome chance. And Cody ended up hitting two crossroads and a sledgehammer shot to the head for the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Issa, I'll go to you first with this one. What was your just initial gut reaction to Cody stepping in the ring? Okay. Now, I do want to preface this with, the promises WWE made on social media and commentary was Cody Rhodes has vowed to step inside Hell in a Cell. I thought that's we were, that's all we were going to get. He was going to step inside. Seth was going to attack him. Everyone would go, oh my God, Seth is such a bad heel. Hell in a Cell is off. Whatever. We got a full match. We got this is awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. We got major pops. It was done with a lot of asterisks, but still, we got a full match out of it. Your reaction to Cody Rhodes going through with this contest. Okay, I'm gonna be really honest with you because I, I I give Cody Rhodes so much respect for what he did tonight, and at the same time I want to punch him for stepping in the ring tonight, right? But but because of him taking that jacket off and us seeing how bad the injury really was, it took away from seeing Seth Rollins with the polka dot outfit. When I tell you, I scream out loud, and then. I felt like an idiot for, for, for being behind Seth Rollins when I see Cody Rhodes all messed up. And I'm like, well, now I'm a mean person because I made fun of him because of what Seth mm-hmm. did, right? But Seth Rollins and the mind games, he took me back to the Royal Rumble when he came out doing the shield thing to Roman Reigns. Like, Seth is on a different level right now, which is why I said it earlier. If Cody has to go away and he wrestled this match in this condition, nobody would have questioned if 
if Seth won tonight. Seth Rollins killed. And it doesn't hurt him. Seth is at such a level right now that losing these three matches to Cody doesn't affect him. But mm. I really, really, like, what does that tell you about Cody Rhodes? He just lost to a one-armed man. Mm. What does that, I mean, I'm sorry, what does that tell you about Seth Rollins? Mm. You know, but it, it, it was uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, at one point, Cody Gray says on commentary, please, Cody, just stay down. And I, and I out loud say, seriously, please, just stay down. Mm. Um, I can't believe that he just pulled it. And I, and I really do believe that's the kind of guy that Cody is. And I think that Cody and Seth knew going into Hell in a Cell being the only um, cell match that the pay-per-view depended on them. And they delivered to the best that they could, given the circumstances. I mean, I have so much more respect from Cody after tonight than I did before. And at the same time, I feel like he's an idiot for, for making his injury possibly go on longer, for doing this match on a pay-per-view that felt like a throwaway even before we found out that he was injured. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they gave us a competitive match, I just wish that Seth would have gone over given the circumstances. We know he's going to have to go away for a while. I think Seth could have used the momentum mm-hmm. from the win. And when Cody comes mm-hmm. back, nobody's going to be like, oh, he lost his last match. Yeah, he was handicapped. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah, I, 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 I have mixed feelings about this. Stellar Justin Lopez sending in a super chat. Thank you so much. And great to see you, Justin, as well mm-hmm. in the chat. Bringing up our next point, though, the one I wanted to toss to Jimmy with so it all works out perfectly. Two things. Number one, Cody just became a bigger star for doing that. I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Two, WWE had an out with that visual. Does it hurt Seth losing to a guy with mm-hmm. one arm? Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Look, it, it, it could have hurt Seth uh, losing to the one-armed guy, like you said, but at the same time, why not after the match have Seth really take him out? Uh, yes, he was selling the sledgehammer shot after the two crossroads and blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, Cody could have been in the ring celebrating one arm up in the air and really selling his stuff because he, you know, hats off to him for gutting it out because I can't imagine what kind of pain he was probably in. But at the same time, you know, after the match was done, after there was enough time for Seth to come out of the cell, so to speak, and pick up the sledgehammer and go to town on that shoulder and really take out Cody. Maybe you can get some of that heat back despite losing the match. You know, you're the reason why Cody is on the shelf for six months or whatever the case may be now. Despite the fact that you lost to him, you know, you you can still get your heat back maybe. But I don't know. I I thought it was curious uh, how you... Have Cody defeat get you know defeat him the one arm man defeat him, but at the same time, you know Seth basically losing all the steam. Yeah, I yeah I completely agree, and I was so frustrated at this outcome too because I thought there was a perfect out here. Like Seth Rollins yeah. has lost two consecutive pay per view matches to Cody. This is a guy that people were clamoring for him to beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Title just a couple of months ago. And he still has that momentum, like I, like you said. And don't forget, Liam, before even the WrestleMania match, he lost about three singles matches on Raw in a yeah. row, remember, when he was trying to take Edge's matches and he was trying to take mm-hmm. Kevin Owens match. He lost, like, three singles matches before he went into Vince McMahon's office. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need to go back and see when is the last time Seth actually has won a match. And he might have been at the Royal Rumble because he won by DQ because Roman just put him out. I think that's the last time that we think said win anything. I, I think you might be right there. And like you said too, like this could have been a perfect way to write Cody off TV, make Seth get his win back, even though I hate that term getting mm-hmm. their win back. There right. was a clear out here. And on top of that, I'll I'll say something that I, I meant to say on Twitter, but we we started this show. Um, this reeks of 2012 Extreme Rules. If you remember the main event of that pay-per-view, yes. John Cena versus Brock yes. Lesnar. And Brock yes. Lesnar's first match Brock in WWE. needed to win that match desperately. And His first match in started. WWE in years. And it different from Cody because like roles reversed here of Cody. This is one of his earlier matches back. You could argue he should go over. But Cody being so messed up throughout this match, him coming out on top, reeks of the Cena wins lol crowd from the 2010s mm-hmm. where Cena was bludgeoned by Brock Lesnar the hard way through those UFC yeah. elbow strikes mm-hmm. messed up he, he cut that infamous promo afterwards I got no right arm my I'm tasting my own blood and I'm damn proud to mm-hmm. say I was in Chicago Illinois that poetic justice this pay-per-view was in Chicago Illinois there's so many parallels here with this mm-hmm. and I just worry that I'm glad Cody is honestly 
off screen now with this injury. Because I think if he shows up the next night on Raw, people are already going to get sick of Cody Rhodes winning all the time. If this is the guy you want are to we... beat Roman Reigns for the title, you need to build oh. a guy fans can get behind. Issa, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say I will add one thing. As soon as I saw the condition that Cody was in, I did have a fear that we were going to have another Hell in a Cell with no finish. So sure. whether I agree mm. with who won or not, I'm glad that it actually had a finish because I thought they're yeah. going to call it. They're going to call it, and you can't do that again at Hell in a Cell. We've seen it happen three times, and Seth Rollins being involved in you know, two of them. Should <laughs> they done that tonight? So, yeah, and the other one was Brock, um, Roman and Braun when Brock kind of like came in and nobody won, and it was like a weird mm. finish. You can't, you mm. can't have no finish at Hell in a Cell. And when right. I saw Cody, I was like, they're going to end up calling it, and that would have actually upset me probably more than Cody going over it, if I'm mm. being fair. Right. No, it, uh, no, totally, totally agree. And to, to your point about tomorrow night on Raw, the post telling the cell Raw, if if Cody got taken out tonight, like now I'm fully expecting Cody to come out, cut that promo, and maybe Seth comes out and takes him out there. No, it wouldn't be the same. It, it would have been better, in my opinion, if Seth took him out tonight, because people remember the last thing they see, and if there's the last image they see is Seth Rollins standing over a broken Cody Rhodes. Yeah. Seth can come out on Monday Night Raw and cut that scathing promo, which we know he can, and get some of his momentum back, if not, like, get all that heat back. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I do want to clarify some of my comments. I am one of the biggest Cody Rhodes fans on the planet. I love mm-hmm. Cody Rhodes. I love his promos. I loved his work in AEW. I love his work in the British indie scene. I love his work in WWE. I don't think that he's winning too much. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. only been back for a couple of months. But I fear that booking him like this will lead to down the line fans giving him the same reception that drove that him they did out AEW. of AEW. Mm-hmm. Like, he came to WWE because he wants to be cheered. He wants to be the the, mm-hmm. the crowning babyface and all that. And I love the heroic, valiant performance he gave tonight. But I don't know if he needed to come out on top here. There's, there's a beautiful storyline you can tell here with him losing to Seth Rollins in a match he really shouldn't have wrestled. And then he comes back months and months later. Say he wins the Rumble. Perfect. That feud you put between him going winning winning the rumble and going on to wrestlemania you redo the seth rollins feud and mm-hmm. then he gets that win back and like to me i think there was a very real and right in your face long-term storyline to start tonight with cody rhodes that they took the cheap and easy way out of by having him go over here mm-hmm. and cody wins law like i love cody rhodes i'm glad he won mm-hmm on paper but in execution yeah. it rubbed in the wrong way like i said yeah. no, i understand mm-hmm. yeah okay well if that makes yeah. sense no it does make sense yeah okay i was because i was like am i in my head about this but yeah again no 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 i felt the same way and, I, and i've been talking to you about it since the beginning of the show and the difference is, is that i'm i'm a fan of cody rose in WWE, I wasn't enjoying since the Antonio Gogo. I really wasn't into anything mm. he was doing in AEW. If I'm being fair, I kind of enjoyed his work before that. That that feud kind of like kind of turned the corner for me when it comes to AEW. But I'm also a bit set set Rollins fan, and and I guess I'm looking at it from the perspective of if this guy's not going to be there for a little while, who's going to kind of run Monday Night Raw? And right now, the two guys that come on and make me stop whatever I'm doing and, and turn around and watch are Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. So why not? You know, I'm with you on this. I think I think that should have won or like jimmy said i think getting the heat back as, as, as he's victorious like suffering like oh my god i just won like let let rollins get a beating on him that yeah. would have probably been more helpful but we don't know how hurt he's what he was at this point he's like do we even want to go with the beat after yeah. right like what he just went through yeah. i don't know yeah because we talk about uh the wwe's uh, uh concerns and policies regarding injuries going into a match the only way i could see cody going into the being allowed to go into this match uh, from a WWE standpoint, and this is again my opinion. I don't know anything for fact. Is it was probably examined, and they probably thought that there couldn't be any more damage done to the shoulder that's or to the pectoral that's already been done. So you know what? If you if you think you can suck up suck it up and and, and manage the heat, which is trust me, it's it's probably unbearable. And uh, you know, like 
if you want to take your hats off to Cody for anything, it's like for putting cool. up with that heat, but 1, also at the same time, but also at the same time, like Issa said, you want to kind of slap him and go, what are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> it's like funny because I've seen Cody Rhodes bleed to almost death on AEW. I've seen mm-hmm. him pretty much light himself on fire and I have never been as uncomfortable watching him wrestle as mm-hmm. I was tonight. And it's probably because this is a real injury. We don't know if they're bleeding. I don't know what they're doing. The, the, the fire tables, but we do know that we're wrong. That's probably mm-hmm. not how it was supposed yeah. to go. But I've seen him do a lot of really dumb stuff. And I'm like, why is this <sighs> the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching a Cody Rhodes match? And it's because mm-hmm. we know this was mm-hmm. real and he probably should have not been on there. But mm-hmm. I don't know that. Like Jimmy said, if a doctor says, if you want to do it, I don't see Cody Rhodes letting anybody stop him from going out there. Mm-hmm. And like Stella Justin Lopez said in the Super Chat, it makes him a bigger star. If, if it's even possible for him to be a bigger star right now, he pulled it off tonight. I agree. I agree. He does look like a bigger star after tonight. Mm-hmm. Jamil bringing up a nice point here uh, in the chat saying he cut a promo after Hell in a Cell saying nobody forced him to go out there. It was solely his decision. And he will address his injury tomorrow night on Raw. All things we suspected, I mm-hmm. was, like, my friends were texting me and saying, like, you know, WWE is so messed up for making Cody wrestle tonight. I was like, there is nobody except Cody that wanted mm-hmm. to go through with this match. Mm-hmm. It, it's pretty evident by the injury. And knowing what Cody does, you know, flipping off of steel cages and AEW, putting himself <laughs> Through flaming tables, if you watch back yeah. that Andrade spot, not a speck of Andrade's skin touched flames. That was all. You saw he posted a picture on yeah. his back right after yeah. that. He had yeah. real burns on his back for the longest time. And when it came to his final match in AEW, he took a cutter off the top of a lat. Like he didn't have to do yeah. that, but this is what Cody does. So hats mm-hmm. off to him. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez sending in another super chat. Yes. I think we will close out this podcast with. Uh, he says, I'm 90% sure Cody was going to win Money in the Bank. Me too. Where do you guys think they are going to go with it now? Jimmy, I'll go to you first. How do we feel about Money in the Bank now that Cody is likely out of the picture? Well, if I have to make a choice, we saw tonight the seed planted. I'm thinking Bobby Lashley. Ooh. He's starting, to, get, he's starting to gain some momentum, and I think there's a potential there to really, really uh, catch some steam with him. Issa, what are your thoughts? I don't know who wins because the field right now, even even I was talking about it in one of my streams, even with Cody winning, the guys that you can have in that ladder match is absolutely insane. You can even go with just former champions right now. You have Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens. Like this edge. could be one of the edge. This could be one of the best freaking ladder matches we've seen. And let's not we don't even know if, if this is going to press the panic button because Roman and Cody are now out. We might get Cena and Brock added to this edition. Like, like the, the possibilities, even without Cody, are endless for having a really badass Money in the Bank winner. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. And as for who can actually get the briefcase, I really don't know. Because as the Money in the Bank briefcase... I Drew McIntyre. I'm horrible. Sorry. Oh. Well, he did already declare he's going to be facing the champion at Clash of the Castle, if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't right, know he, he could still he could still be the briefcase holder, and yeah. but he already has a championship match. That doesn't count as the briefcase of cashing in. So that's true. Right, so. that's what said. Remember, said did it back in 2015. He had that mm-hmm. world title okay. match with Cena and Brock Lesnar while he was still holding on to the briefcase. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The biggest issue with Money in the Bank this year, I feel like, is I want the briefcase holder to be someone who could realistically take the title. And there is no active competitor at the, on the roster right now that I see beating Roman Reigns for mm. the Undisputed Championship. I'm going to say I'm gonna say AJ mm. Styles. We've seen AJ Styles and Roman Reigns feud a long time ago. The roles were reversed. They put on some incredible bangers. And this is when, mm. when AJ was the heel and Roman was the baby face. Even if AJ doesn't win, I, I would love to see the dynamics change in, in a feud between them and, and mm. one more match. It wouldn't hurt anyone. Kelsey says, I, I still think Cody wins my hand. With one arm, David. <laughs> Very uh, bold yes. take. I will say, you know, there's, there's <laughs> ways that they could protect him. Mm. And have him climb oh, a ladder. One thousand percent. Have him come out like Brock Lesnar oh. did back in what 2018 at the last ten it, seconds of the match. Or he comes out in a scissor lift and uh, anyway. <laughs> and you know he has that contract for up to a year, so he could just take it and then hold it while Listen. he's injured. I don't know. Again, though, Listen, I think if, if does we that, had it if we had Ellsworth win it for Carmella, have Brandy Rose win it for Cody. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
<laughs> Yo, I will go crazy for that. <laughs> where where WWE goes from here, who knows? But here's hoping, you know, Cody Rhodes gets healthy soon. CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole, Matt Cardona. The list goes on and on, guys. It is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I hope everyone gets healthy soon because we want pro wrestling to be at its peak. And a lot of those guys are contributing for the reason as to why we are in such a boom period but that's going to do it for our wwe hell in a cell review edition of the wrestling inc podcast jimmy isa thank you so much for joining me first jimmy at jimmy corderas on Mm -hmm. socials do you have anything fun going on that you'd like to plug ah uh, lots of things fun going on i I do my weekday ref and rants which you can catch monday through friday where i have uh, it's just a one minute video it's not very long and it's just a little thing that i critique that i like to have a little fun with and you can get your ref and rant t-shirts at prowrestlingtees.com as well and if you want one a private one i'll even put on a ref shirt and do it for you on cameo and you can get a private ref and rant there if you like hey Ooh, okay <laughs> a little extra perk i like it isa at twitter uh on twitter excuse me at nyc demon diva the i is a number one do you have anything fun going on that you'd like to shout out yeah i'm currently on the road to twenty thousand subscribers so if people could just search nyc demon diva on youtube and go subscribe to my channel mm-hmm. greatly appreciate it and other than that you guys can find me here i think i just did like six shows this week so i'm taking over wrestling wow. inc apparently <laughs> i love it nice. i love it nice. Issa is everywhere i believe i'm going to be back uh tomorrow technically today as the clock has turned midnight here on the mm-hmm. east coast for the raw review uh so check me out there uh on the wrestling Inc. podcast tomorrow monday I, th- I think i'll be joining you tomorrow well look at that me and jimmy running it back and maybe not could. me i'm gonna be your tuesday wednesday and friday girl this yeah. week so okay so still put it in the work there just taking a well-deserved monday <laughs> off again thank you so yeah. much Ethan. you can find me on socials at liam t crowley for all the latest updates on everything going on in my life wrestling inc the direct wherever you can find updates there. Thank you all again so, so much for tuning into the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We hope you enjoyed Hell in a Cell. We'll see you all again very soon.